Section 29, Volume 2 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Filippo Joaquin. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2, Section 29. When it was the seventy-ninth night, she said, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan said unto King Zawamakan, Thy father, who hath found mercy, glanced at the damsels, and their favor pleased him. And he said to them, Let each and every of you make me hear something of what she knoweth anunt, the history of the folk of yore, and of peoples long gone before. Thereupon one of them came forward, and kissing the ground before him, spake as follows. Know, O king, that it behoveth one of good breeding to eschew impertinence and adorn himself with excellencies, and observe the divine injunctions, and avoid mortal sins. And to this he shall apply himself with the assiduity of one who, if stray therefrom, falleth into perdition. For the foundation of good breeding is virtuous behavior. And know that the chief cause and reason of man's existence is the endeavor after life everlasting. And the right way thereto is the service of Allah. Wherefore it behoveth thee to deal beneficently with the people, and swerve not from this canon. For the mightier men are in dignity, the more their need of prudence and foresight. And indeed, monarchs need this more than the many. For the general cast themselves into affairs without taking thought or to the issue thereof. Be thou prodigal of thy life and thy good in the way of Allah, and know that if an enemy dispute with thee, thou mayst dispute with him, and refute him with proofs, and be proof against him. But as for thy friend, there is none can judge between thee and him, save righteousness and fair dealing. Choose, therefore, thy friend for thyself, after thou hast proved him. If he be of the brotherhood of futurity, let him be zealous in observing the externals of the holy law, and burst in its inner meaning, as far as may be. And if he be of the brotherhood of the word, let him be free-born, sincere, neither a fool nor a perverse, for the fool man is such that even his parents might well flee from him, and a liar cannot be a true friend. Indeed, the word Siddiq, friend, deriveth from Sid truth, that welleth up the, from the bottom of the heart. And how can this be the case when falsehood is manifest upon the tongue? And know that observance of the law profiteth him who practiseth it. So love thy brother, if he be of this quality, and do not cast him off, even if thou see in him that which irketh thee. For a friend is not I like a wife, whom one can divorce and remarry. Nay, 
His heart is like glass. Once broken, it may not be mended. And Allah bless him who saith, Where how thou hurtest man with hurt of heart? Tis hard to win thee back the heart offended. For hearts indeed, whence love is alien made, like broken glass may never more be mended. The maiden continued and concluded with pointing out to us what sages say. The breast of brethren is he who is the most constant in good counsel. The best of action is that which is fairest in its consequence. And the best of praise is not that which is in the mouths of men. It is also said, It behoveth not the servant to neglect thanking Allah, especially for two favors, health and reason. Again it is said, Whoso honoreth himself, his lust is a light matter to him, and he who maketh much of his small troubles, Allah afflicteth him with the greater. He who obeyeth his own inclinations, neglecteth his duties, and he who listeneth to the slanderer loseth the true friend. He who thinketh well of thee, do thou fulfill his thought of thee. He who exceedeth in contention sinneth, and he who against upright standeth not on word is not safe from the sword. Now will I tell thee somewhat of the duties of kazis and judges. Know, O king, that no judgment serveth the cause of justice, save it be given after proof positive. And it behoveth the judge to treat all people on the same level, to do intent that the great may not hunger for oppression, nor the small despair of justice. Furthermore, he should extract proof from the complainant and impose an oath upon the defendant. The mediation is admissible between Muslims, except it be a compromise sanctioning the unlawful or forbidding the lawful. If thou shalt have done aught during the day, of which thy reason is doubtful, but thy good intention is proved, thou, O Kazi, shouldest revert to the right. For to do justice is a religious obligation, and to return to that which is right is better than persistence in wrong. Then, O judge, thou shouldest study precedence and the law of the case, and do equal justice between the suitors, with all fixing thine eyes upon the truth, and committing thine affair to Allah, be he extolled and exalted. And require thou proof of the complainant, and if he adduce evidence, let him have due benefit of it, and if not, put the defendant to his oath. For this is the ordinance of Allah. Receive thou the testimony of competent Muslim witnesses, one against other. For Almighty Allah hath commanded judges to judge by externals, he himself taking charge of the inner and secret things. It behoveth the judge also to avoid giving judge meat, whilst suffering from stress of pain or hunger, 
and that in his decisions between folk he seek the face of Allah Almighty. For he whose intent is pure and who is at peace with himself, Allah shall guarantee him against what is between him and the people. Quoth al-Zuri, There are three things for which, if they be found in a kazi, he should be disposed, namely, if he honor the base, if he love praise, and if he fear dismissal. And Omar bin Abd al-Aziz once deposed a kazi, who asked him, Why hast thou dismissed me? It hath reached me, answered Omar, that thy conversing greater than thy condition. It is said also that Iskandar said to his kazi, I have invested thee with this function, and committed to thee in it my soul, and mine honor, and mine manliness. So do thou guard it with thy sense and thine understanding. To his cook he said, Thou art the sultan of my body, so look thou tender it as thine own self. To the secretary he said, Thou art the controller of my wit, so do thou watch over me in what thou writest for me and from me. Thereupon the first damsel backed out from the presence, and the second damsel came forward. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the eightieth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan said to Zaw al-Makan, Thereupon the first damsel backed out from the presence, and a second damsel came forward, and, kissing the ground seven times before the king thy father, spake as follows. The sage Lukman said to his son, There be three who are known only in three several cases. The merciful man is unknown, save in time of wrath, the brave only in battle, and thy friend in time of need. It is said that the oppressor shall be depressed, though by people praised, and that the oppressed is at rest, though by people blamed. Quoth Allah Almighty, Assuredly, deem not that those who rejoice in what I have done, and who love to be praised for what they have not done, shall escape reckoning of punishment. Indeed, there is reserved for them a grievous penalty. And he said, On whom be salvation and salutation. Works are according to intention, and to each man is attributed that which he intendeth. He said also, In the body is a part, which being sound, the rest is sound and which being unsound, the whole is unsound. And this is the heart. Now this heart is the most marvelous of what is in man, since it is that which ordereth the whole affair. If covetise steer in it, desire destroyeth him, 
and if affliction master it, anguish slayeth him. If anger rage in it, danger is hard upon him. If it be blessed with contentment, he is safe from discontent. If fear surprise it, he is full of mourning. And if calamity overtake it, affliction betideth him. If a man gain the use of wealth, peradventure he is diverted thereby from the remembrance of his Lord. If poverty choke him, his heart is distracted by woe. Or if disquietude waste his heart, weakness causeth him to fall. Thus, in any case, nothing profiteth him, but that he be mindful of Allah, and occupy himself with gaining his livelihood in this world, and securing his place in the next. It is asked of a certain sage, Who is the most ill-conditioned of man? And he answered, The man whose lusts master his manhood, and whose mind soareth over high, so that his knowledge dispreadeth, and his excuse diminisheth. And how excellently saith the poet, Freest am I of all mankind fro meddling white, Who see in others her self-error never can sight. Riches and talents are but loans to creature lent. Each wears the cloak of that he bears in breasts and sprite. If by mistaken door attempt and aught thou make, Thou shalt go wrong, and if the door be right, go right. Continued the maiden. As for anecdotes of devotees, quoth Hisham bin Bashar. I asked Omar bin Ubaid, What is true piety? And he answered, The Apostle of Allah, to whom be salutation and salvation, hath explained it when he saith, the pious is he who forgetteth not the grave nor calamity, and who preferreth that which endureth to that which passeth away, who counteth not the morrow as of his days, but reckoneth himself among the dead. And it is related that Abu Zar used to say, Want is dearer to me than wealth, and unheal is dearer to me than health. Quoth one of the listeners, May Allah have mercy on Abu Zar. For my part I say, Whoso putteth his trust in the goodness of the election of Almighty Allah should be content with that condition which Allah hath chosen for him. Quoth one of the companions of the Prophet, Ibn Abi Awfa once prayed with us the dawn prayer. When he had done, he recited, O thou unwrapped, till he came to where Allah saith, When there shall be a trumping on the trumpet, and fell down dead. It is said that Sabit al-Banani wept till he well nigh lost his eyes. They brought him a man to medicine him, who said to him, I will cure thee, provided thou obey my bidding. Ask a sabit. 
in what matter? Quoth the leech, in that thou leave weeping. What is the worth of mine eyes? Rejoined Sabit, if they do not weep. Quoth a man to Mohammed bin Abdullah, Exhort thou me. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the eighty-first night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan said to Zaw al-Makan, Thus spake the second handmaid to the king who hath found mercy, Omar bin al-Nu'uman. Quoth a man to Mohammed bin Abilah, Exhort thou me. I exhort thee, replied he, to be a self-ruler and abstrainer in this world, and in the next a greedy slave. How so? asked the other, and Mohammed answered, The abstinent man in this world conquereth both the world that is and the world to come. And what Gauss bin Abdillah? There were two brothers among the sons of Israel, one of whom said to the other, What be the most perilous thing thou hast done? Replied the brother, I once came upon a nest of young birds, so I took out one and threw it back into the nest, but among the chickens were some which drew apart from it. This is the most perilous thing I ever did. Now what be the most perilous thing thou hast ever done? He rejoined, When I arise for prayer, I am fearful that it is only for the sake of the reward. Now their father heard these words and exclaimed, O Allah, and say thy sooth, take them to thyself. It is declared by one of the wise men, Verily, these were of the most virtuous of children. Quoth Said bin Jubair, I was once in company with Fusala bin, who Bayan said to him, Exhort thou me, replied he, Bear in mind these two necessaries, Shun Syntheism, and harm not any of Allah's creatures. And he repeated these two couplets, Be as thou wilt, for Allah still is bounteous Lord, and care dispeller, dread not therefore bane and ban. To two things only never draw thee nigh, nor give partner to Allah trouble to thy brother man. And how well saith the poet, and thou of pious works a store neglect, and after death meet one who did collect. Thou shalt repent, thou didst not as he, nor madest ready as he did elect. Then the third damsel came forward, after the second had withdrawn, and said, Of a truth the chapter of piety is exceeding wide but I will mention what occurreth to me thereof concerning the pious of old. Quoth a certain holy man, I congratulate myself in death, though I am not assured 
of rest therein, save that I know death interveneth between a man and his works, so I hope for the doubling of good works and the docking off of ill works. And Ita al-Salami, when he had made an end of an exhortation, was wont to tremble and grieve and weep sore. And as they asked him why he did this, he answered, I desire to enter upon a grave matter, and it is the standing up before Almighty Allah to do in accordance with my exhortation. In similar guise, Zain al-Abidin, son of al-Hussein, was wont to tremble when he rose to pray. Being asked the cause of this, he replied, Know ye not before whom I stand and whom I address? It is said that there lived near Sufyan al-Tauri, a blind man, who when the month of Ramadan came, went out with a folk to pray, but he remained silent and hung back. Said Sufyan, On the day of resurrection he shall come with the people of the Koran, and they will be distinguished by increase of honor from their fellows. Quoth Sufyan, Where the soul established in the heart of befitteth, it would fly away for joy and pining for paradise, and for grief and fear of hell-fire. It is related also of Sufyar al-Tauri that he said, To look upon the face of a tyrant is a sin. Then the third damsel retired, and came forward the fourth, who said, Here I am, to treat of sundry traditions of pious men, which suggest themselves to me. It is related that Bishr Barefoot said, I once heard Khalid say, Beware of secret polytheism. I asked, What may secret polytheism be? And he answered, When one of you in praying prolong his inclinations and prostrations till a cause of impurity come upon him. And one of the sages said, Doing works of will expiateth what is ill. Quoth Ibrahim, I supplicated Bishr Barefoot to acquaint me with some theological mysteries, but he said, O my son, this knowledge it behoveth us not to teach to every one, of every hundred, five, even as the legal alms upon money. Said Ibrahim, I thought his reply excellent, and approved of it, and while I was praying, behold, Bishr was also praying. So I stood behind him, making the prayer bow, till the muezzin called his call. Then rose a man of tattered appearance, and said, O folk, beware of a truth which bringeth unweal. For there is no harm in a lie bringing weal, and in time of need no choice we heed. Speech booteth not in the absence of good qualities, even as silence hurteth not in the presence of good.
Presently I saw Bish drop a Danic. So I picked it up and exchanged it for a dirham, which I gave him. Quoth he, I will not take it. Quoth I, It is perfectly lawful change. But he rejoined, I cannot take in exchange the riches of the present world for those of the future world. It is related also that Bishr Barefoot's sister once went to Ahmad bin Hanbal, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 29 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2 Recording by Filippo Joachim